Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think it's nothing new for us. You're going to run into stretches there uh, where not everybody's clicking at the same time. You know, it's, it's Major League Baseball. It's not supposed to be easy. And uh, I, I think our job is to just show up every day and, and be prepared. We give it our best effort. We'll come out on top most of the time. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, this is Major League Baseball. Those guys get paid, too. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, my. High fly right field going back as Gamble. There's another one for Rosario. His third of the series. A two-run home run, and it's 4-1. to one. And then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> The Twins have now lost five out of six. And as we do pretty much every show, we break baseball games down like they're football games because this is a 60-game sprint of a season. Football. And damn it, we are going to hyper-analyze and hyper-criticize each individual game and put it under a microscope. So Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff is here. He is concussed, and he is having his (laughs) Michael Jordan flu game. We'll talk about that. Declan got a concussion apparently in a slow pitch softball game, which I pulled a a bucks and I sold out for a ball. I got the ball. We we need to talk about this. We'll definitely get to it. Write that down. We'll get to it. And it's a write that down Wednesday here on the show. But in the spirit of breaking a Twins game down like it's a football game, let's talk about another Taylor Rogers meltdown here, okay? He strikes out the first batter last night. It sounds like it happens all the time. Well, it's happened twice. Yeah, it's the, happened twice in pitch, two weeks. The Pittsburgh game was not as big a meltdown last week, in my opinion, as this was probably. It's still right? a meltdown. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Didn't He's, mean to break your mojo. And by the way, Pittsburgh sucks. So they're bad. Maybe just maybe just is that the, the standings? Those guys up. No, they don't even have a record. Pittsburgh, it just says asterisk. It just sucks. doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor Rogers strikes out the first batter he yes. faces in the ninth inning, and then he gets 0-2 on Yelich. Okay, Twins are up. Well, it's tied, I guess. Uh, but the Twins are Twins have it under control. Tie game, you got one out, you got Yelich down 0-2. No, twin, twins are up, 4-2. The, the home run a- after what you're about to go through is what ties the score. You're right, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting my... I'm you getting concussed? My, I'm, I am also got concussed. Okay. I'm also concussed. I'm getting my sequences mixed up here. So he, the, the important thing is he's up 0-2 on Yelich, and then he starts to freaking nibble. Then we're going to okay, try outside over here, and then we're going to try another one outside over there. And, and now Yelich has seen four pitches, and he's seen some nibbling. Um, your thoughts on Taylor Rogers giving up this game? So here's the well, let's actually go to Rocco, okay, and let's break down this move because I think the process of the move uh, to face that portion of the lineup was absolutely correct. 
Like, that's what we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Don't use a I closer agree. in the ninth. You bring him in in the most important, crucial situation to get outs. And so I think the process was absolutely right. But I want to weigh it against this um, stat. And it might be small sample size. It might be absolutely on point. But the stat is this one. Last year, pitching on no date days rest, Rodgers had a 7.20 ERA, okay? Five of the eight home runs he allowed in 2019 came in exactly this situation that he gave up the home run to Jerko last night. Well, the game was tied. You guys are screwing with me. Oh, it's 4-4 four, four and then 6-4. Sorry, four to sorry. Four. Yeah. sorry. I'm Don't not concussed. You guys are con- the, con- the concussed guy over here Don't doubling down. He's concussed. Yeah. Don't ask me. I've got no excuse. I, didn't I, didn't see, I, I, have, I have no excuse at all. <laughs> I did not see it. I didn't know the score of our game in the bottom of the seventh, for God's sakes. That was that bad. It was that I'm bad. I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad Good you're boy. here working. Anyway, anyway, what I wanted to throw back at you was the process of this move. And was this the right move because you brought in uh, what you considered to be your best reliever into a tie game? Or or do the statistics that I just gave you give you cause for pause to say he's our best reliever, but this might not be with no day's rest, given what we know from 2019, the right situation? What do you think about that? Yeah, he on – I'll pull up the stats here. but And Taylor, that, by Taylor, the way, is breaking down baseball's football. Wow, it is. It <laughs> I is mean, we are, dying. we are delving the world here. Touch you would ends. ordinarily get so mad. <laughs> like, like if, I, if I brought this up in game 18 in April, Phil would be like – Dude, what are you doing? But this is game... I know. What is this? This is game like 60, right? Yes. Right. Technically. Yeah. I know. But I'm just saying, I love the opportunity to, to have one summer to do this with baseball. And the Twins are trying to fight off the Tigers, damn it. They're trying to fight off the surging Tigers. Tigers are no joke right now. Ron Gardenhire's got that little engine that could climbing up the mountain. Um, but the, I think what you what you bring up here, and I, I'd like to find the numbers here, so I am scrolling for those, but Taylor Rogers on no day's rest is a different pitcher. Mm -hmm. But I still think the process of bringing in your best reliever, once you get to like the eighth, if it's a tie game and you get to the eighth or the ninth inning or 10th inning, like you should look to pitch backwards. You shouldn't just look to save your closer for uh, when, when the team takes the lead, you should be looking to stack your best relievers to keep the game tied. So, so the, the process to me was right. I'll find these numbers, but the process to me was right. Yep. And if you're Taylor Rogers, like you had that inning, man, you had it. You you had one out, nobody on. You had an 0-2 count. Yelich is struggling to start the season. Yep, and it just he got away from him. Beat the shift badly too. That poor shift never had a chance. Are you questioning the shift? I'm just saying that the shift didn't Football. have a chance to stop that. <laughs> it was a it was a, a what I would describe as a quality at bat for sure. But, um, yeah, it's just a weird one. Here it is. This is crazy. It's a weird one because what what you're about to go through does almost signify that you probably shouldn't consider Taylor to be the same pitcher if if he's going on no day's rest that you definitely would if he has rest. Okay, I'm just going off last year's number, so a little bit of a small sample size alert here. But Taylor Rogers on two days rest last year, 1.10 ERA. Three days rest, 1.69 ERA. So if he has two or three days rest, if he's fresh, he was incredible. Now, he he mostly didn't have more than two days rest because you're not going to just sit him for a week, right? When he has no days rest last season, no days rest, a 7.20 earned run average. And again, that's only a 15-inning sample size, so it, it is a small sample size alert. And I don't think you should base all of your decisions on a 15-inning sample size, but... 
That's pretty telling. That's, yeah, like, that's he's just a different say. guy when he comes in in back-to-back games. Should that change your philosophy of who he becomes? Well, I think you should change your philosophy based on the fact that Tyler Duffy is the best reliever on this team, and I've been saying that for you know what you might, so far. Yeah, you know what? Okay. And last night again, that until he comes proves in, he, until Duffy proves he he's not. And you're and, right. And Duffy was also pitching on no days rest, if I recall, yesterday, and came in and made quick work through mm-hmm. nine pitches to get three outs, eight strikes in nine pitches, easy breezy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at if you want to look at Taylor Rogers' career number, so if you want to go beyond. Last year's small sample size, um, and it's a little tough because because he had some like he was not the same pitcher three years ago as he is 2019-20. So it's it's hard to even bundle that together. But if you want to just go long term on no days rest, he has a four and a half ERA for his career. One day rest, a three ERA. Two days rest, three point three ERA. So there's there's a difference if you extrapolate out even further. In his career, too. And it's probably that way with most pitchers. If you're pitching back-to-back or you know three days in a row, sure. you're just not going to have the same stamina. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing, breaking down baseball like it's football. Football. The other thing that really just grinded my gears last night, and it's not shocking because this really ticks me off every time I watch a baseball game. When you have guys like Jerry Meals, home plate umpire Jerry Meals, <laughs> altering the game numerous times with horrendous ball and that's strike a, calls. That's one of the worst games I've seen. Like, what was he looking at last night? Joe West, the Max Kepler Angel at bat? have had better games than that. Yeah. Oh, the, Ke- the Kepler at bat was, but he had, for both sides, he was awful. Yeah. Now, before we get into like, well, you're just, now you're scapegoating. The Twins offense has permission to score more than they, they have permission to score after the fifth I've inning got once a in a while. About that, right? not to yeah. So like, go go hang eight runs on a team when you get off to a great start and you put two home runs on the board early. Like, just maybe maybe but, score nine runs and throttle a team. That clown had no business being behind the plate last night. I mean, that was a gong yeah. show. It's unbelievable. It's 2020, and you've got guys like Jerry Meals altering baseball games. <laughs> I like and how you say flipping his name. coins. It's a great. It is a great umpire name. And he's got Jay, those specs. Hey, Jer, what'd you see on the Jer, what'd you see on that uh, check swing? What do you think? I don't know. He was awful. Um, and I just think like you've got three hundred pitches every single night in a baseball game. Three hundred pitches or so. And these guys are flipping coins on fifty of them. There's no way with, well, with all the movement and velocity, these guys are literally just flipping a coin fifty times every single night. And it and it hurt the twins last night. But his job the job that Jer did last night was Awful. Like it wasn't. We've seen games where guys have some questionable calls, and you're like, you know, you really don't have a great clue here, right? This guy spent nine innings not having any clue at all. He spent nine innings doing that. Yeah. And everything, every pitch that was thrown, you basically said, and, you know, at some point in time, take the K zone box off my screen. Because I don't yeah, need, I don't even, need yeah, to be infuriated point, more that Jerry Meals doesn't have any clue where that box is. Isn't that amazing? You're watching these. There was the one. Um, oh, who the hell was pitching? Uh, some Twins reliever. It wasn't Whistler? Taylor Rogers. Was it Whistler? There was a pitch. It was all, it was all guys from the bullpen, starting with Clippers. There's yeah. like six of these. There was one in particular where it would have been a strike three. It was a breaking ball. That broke literally right over like the middle inner half of the plate. Oh yeah, plate. that happened a few times. And and the pitcher walked off the mound. It was it. I don't know. The pitcher walked off the mound like that's a strike three. Oh, I think it was Tyler Clippard. I think it was early in the game. Mm-hmm. 
And and he starts walking off the mound and then realizes, oh, my God, he didn't call that a strike. Oh, but they're appealing a check swing down to third. Yes. Whoa, that wasn't a strike either? I, I saw that. Like, what? <laughs> yes. So I just don't get but it. the appeal made no sense. It was strike three. Correct. Like, you didn't need to appeal that. It doesn't – he took the pitch. It was a strike. I wish that the third base umpire had a better angle on the strike zone so he could also, like – he could factor in – the missed call when it's a borderline check swing in that spot. But there should never be a game where you at home consistently can see that box and like they could they could patch you in on your cell phone to just say ball yeah. strike. You know, and you'd be better than Jerry Meals was last night. <laughs> I think last night, for all the reasons we're saying, last night is just another great spot for us to jump into another episode of look how far we've come technologically in 2020. All right, we Talk now have. We now have, and I, I actually got one of these with my new iPhone that I bought a couple weeks ago, okay? We have pads that wirelessly charge our smartphones. You guys have those where you can set your smartphone Not there yet. on a I, pad? I have one. I prefer the wired, but yes. And I prefer the wired, too, but it's cool. Like, you've got these yeah. little pads. Yeah. You can set your phone on it. It just charges it when you set your phone on it. Uh, smartphones, by the way, which are computers, phones, GPS devices... Cameras and concierge services all rolled into one thing that you are now wirelessly charging on a pad. You can start your car from it. It's crazy. You can open, you can turn on your Christmas lights from another state on it. You it's can nuts. You can control your home security system. So why can't you world, call right? balls and, and strikes with it? It's a good question, Judd. Why can't Jerry Meals just hold his damn phone by his side and the phone can be like, strike, Because Jerry we, can say, strike. Because we need guys like Jerry Meals to call the balls and strikes. That's what we need. Uh, we're not there technologically yet. Uh, you know what? Some again, of the, some of the batters are shorter than the others. It again goes. Uh, it again goes back to this too. Jerry Meals spent an entire baseball game being horse bleep, just awful, right? And rightfully so. Pitchers and batters at times would complain, and he knew he was so bad he didn't come close to, as far as I could tell, ejecting a soul. Like if you're okay, if, you, yeah. if you know you're that bad, and like Max Kepler turns around, <laughs> and is like, "What are you talking about?" And you're just like, "Sorry, dude." You know you're awful. Okay, let's let's go down that path because I was I was texting back and forth with our friend uh, from the Score North Twin Show and ScoreNorth.com, Jake DePew, last night during the game. <laughs> he was not happy. And he brings. Were you texting with him? He texted me at one point. Are you watching this bleep? <laughs> <laughs> so the question he raised to me was, why doesn't Rocco Baldelli, in instances where his players are getting screwed by Jerry Meals having no idea what the strike zone is, yes, why doesn't Rocco Baldelli? More often than he does, which is like twice a year to this point. Yes, get up and and just sort of take a stand and stand up for his players. Do you have a problem with that? When you see Jerry Meals just completely you know blind behind, I'll the tell plate, you this: because Aaron Boone does it. It depends. It for me, it depends on the situation and the game and what he has to do. Jerry Meals. Here's where I, I will actually for last night defend Rocco Baldelli. Wow, Jerry Meals was so bad. And and was and there was no saving him. That I don't know getting tossed would have changed him. Like I don't think it would have made him better. I don't think that he would have gotten a clue. Like the one thing to get tossed would be if Rocco intimidated Jerry Meals, and now he starts to give the twins the majority of the calls. Right? Yeah. But he was so bad, and he's so clueless. I don't know that he does that. And so I think I think Rocco at times should actively look to get tossed if he thinks it can impact the game positively for the Twins. Phil, in that one, I don't know. It would have. Jerry Meals was just god-awful. When you do a Google search for Jerry Meals, these are the things that pop up. All right. 
Did Jerry Meals make the worst call in baseball history? <laughs> Jerry Meals. Wait, tell me more about that one. Jerry, let's see here. Does it say? Um, I mean, what are we talking about click here? On it here? Jim Joyce umpired a game and cost Colorado Actually, there appears a to perfect be, game, right? There appears to be a corresponding video. The worst call in MLB history and a full YouTube breakdown. It's a 13-minute YouTube breakdown here. Good Lord. And it looks like, <laughs> is this an 18-inning game between the Pirates Boy? and the Braves? I don't know. I'm trying to find out when this was. Oh, this is from 2011. Okay, so he's been bleeping things up for nine years. Okay, it was Jim Joyce all over again. Okay. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Atlanta Braves were battling it out for hours on end. The game was in the bottom of the 19th inning. So Jerry Meals is getting a little tired. Yeah. Although he's, he's, he's in his late 40s in the probably early 2000s. He's probably hungry. Yeah. Uh, the game is in the bottom of the 19th inning. Nobody had scored a run since the third inning, so no one has scored a run in like five hours. All right. Even with the lack of scoring, fans were engrossed in watching. Cameras showed both the Pirates and the Braves cheering their team on nearly 2 o'clock in the morning. It's a well-fought contest with men in scoring position and one out. Scott Proctor hit a weak grounder to Pedro Alvarez. Alvarez throws a bullet over to Michael McHenry, and the catcher obviously tags out a sliding Julio Lugo at home plate. I remember this. Obviously is not the right word. At least is that's it? the way everybody else watching <laughs> saw it. Jerry Meals, an umpire who had been involved in controversial calls before, saw the play differently. Lugo was called safe, and the Braves won the longest game in Pirates history. I saw the play live. All right, there is a I'm, I'm going to do a – now that we've gone down this far. Yeah, as well. Uh, this isn't going to be great for the podcast audience, but uh, this is – I'm going to pull this video up here from YouTube, and – I'm going to try and do a screen share, Dex. Okay. All right. So this is the 19th inning of like a five-hour baseball game. This is going to be worth it. Hold on a second. This led ABC News the next morning. (laughs) Diane Sawyer was introducing this clip. Oh, wow. All right. I'm sharing my screen here. Okay. It's amazing. Here we go. Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) the headline is only human. So here's the play. It's a ground ball to third. He throws home. The tag is applied. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, you're kidding. Jameis. <laughs> Wait, hold, watch this. So it's oh. it, the tag The tag is applied oh. three or four feet in front of home plate. The batter, the, the runner stands up and then just sort of like steps on ah, home plate accidentally, damn. and Jerry Meals calls him safe. Oh. So what did he think? He thought it was a pop-up slide, and and it was he thought he whiffed on the tag. Yeah, that's what he oh must have thought. Oh my god! Oh my! Oh, that's hilarious! Oh, Woof. that is so good, Jerry Meals. So basically, last night for Jerry Meals, a stellar night. <laughs> we were wrong. Jerry Meals was at the top of his game. He didn't botch something that bad. <laughs> I mean, balls and strikes. Okay. Oh, amazing! Wow. Okay, one more thing on my list of of you know things breaking a baseball game down like it's football. One thing we love to do in football is talk about the commentary, right? We like to talk about if if it was Chris Myers blowing a a play by play call at the end of the game. All right, I've I've enjoyed my in person interactions with him, and I respect his legendary performance as a pitcher. Uh-oh. I don't think Jack Morris even wants to be doing these baseball games anymore. Low energy. Doesn't care at all about the new advances in baseball the way that a Justin Morneau does. Wait, no, no. Does he even want to he be does, there? He does care. He doesn't like them. Let's let's make it very clear. He cares deeply. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like the advances in baseball. But like when you but when you watch a Twins game, and I get that they're not at Miller Park, and so it's it's a little bit of a different chemistry and vibe. But right when I'm watching a Twins game and Justin Morneau is in the booth, 
it genuinely feels like he loves his new job. Right. That he's got all the money in the world. That guy made a ton of money playing baseball. He's got a great family and life and animals and, like, doesn't have to do this mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and loves doing it. And he just loves talking about baseball with Twins fans and Dick Bramer. And I can feel that coming through the TV. I can feel that as a viewer. And uh, and it's just – it adds to the vibe of the game. When Jack Morris does a game – and I don't know if it's always been like this, but it just it feels like they dragged him over to do his job for three or four hours, and he's just basically there to sort of bitch and complain with low energy. Jack and Bert, that's what it feels like. Jack and Bert are going to spend part of each game they do telling you about how the game was better in their day. And make no mistake, the game is different now. But this is why, aside from a few guys, and, and Smalley fits this because I still think Roy's great because Roy still cares a lot. And, and I, I think that Roy, I think Roy is deeply invested in today's game, and, and he knows the sport really well. But this is why I always go back to, for the majority of time, if I ran a network, I would look to get the most talented people I can who recently played. Like, in 20 years, my guess, Morneau will have taken a powder, right? Like, he'll probably be gone, but he also he also will have lost track of the game, probably. Uh, the game, again, will have changed away from the game that he knew, and he'll be probably more bored by it. But it's okay to Romo, still be curious when you're old. Like it, it is, but what I'm saying is putting guys in boots, Romo is so good on football because he still understands the game. But, like, he's telling you things he did. But Chris Collinsworth has been retired since the early 90s. And Smalley is good, and he's too. he's still curious. But my point is, I think you have to be careful there. Because there, there's, there are not as many guys who have been retired for extended periods of time who remain as curious as what you're talking about. I mean, look at some of the NBA commentators. I mean, like, like Shaq and Charles Barkley, those guys have been out of the league for 15 or 20 years now. And they're still super up to speed on yes. three-point. Now... The Shaq sometimes get a little bit like. But they're also the in the studio, low. and that and that I, I think is a different job. I, I think if you are actually doing games, um, that you are because Morneau, Smalley too, uh, Romo, these guys tell you what you're about to see or exactly why you just saw what you saw, which is what I want. Like the problem is with Bert or with Jack. Um, how often do you come away from a game saying, you know, they told me like five things I didn't even think about, yeah. which is what I always want. Tell me things. I know the sport, but I don't know the sport like you do. Tell me things and enlighten me about where the sport is today so that I watch games from now on differently. That's what I want. I think what's hard about Jack is the Twins have rooted most of their strategy and most of most of their reclamation guys, like Tyler Duffy, a lot of that stuff is rooted, if, if, if not all of it, rooted in analytics and rooted in pitch sequencing and all these things. And so they have built this World Series contending team that won 100 games last year and hits home runs at a record pace and has all these reclamation pitchers up and down. And they've done it through analytics, largely. And like the human communication aspect of here's what the numbers say here's how i translated to a 22 year old human right like there's all there, there's that chain of communication and it almost feels like justin morno has said well i really that's fascinating i'd really like to know more about how that communication chain works and how it's impacting today's baseball players. yeah and it's like jack morris says bleep it this is how i would do it or this is but how he, it was done in the 1980s but that's what he does it's like all that's right, right but 
not everyone's Jack Morris, and I'm not taking away from him as a pitcher. Not everyone's Jack Morris, and so I just want a little bit more or a lot more when he's commentating. What are the Twins doing? Like what? what I don't. I don't care as much about they're what you would have done games, if you though. were Tyler Duffy. They're not throwing complete games. Okay, <laughs> that's what they're doing. How How do you think that Bert or Jack feel when they get to the ballpark, pick up the score sheet, and see a reliever as the opener? It probably wants. They probably want their head to pop off. It's, like it probably drives them absolutely. Guy, what, what is Tyler Clippard like in my day? Right. But it's funny because like, what's the alternative? If if you were to say, all right, we have two options tonight because because of pitching injuries, we can either start the game with four relievers that all have ERAs under three. Yep. And just sort of chunk away, or we can start our seventh starting pitcher. We can start Sean Poppins. You know from what happened the- <laughs> in 1975? The Sean Poppins of the world started games. Not even 1975, 2011. Okay, like, yeah, it, you're it's right. not even that long ago. I mean, think about how many times the Twins were like yes. in, in the Garden Hire era where the Twins, and this is how baseball was, not even really blaming Garden Hire. It's just, all right, well, we're, we're down a couple starters, and so um, we're going to call like the number three starter from Rochester up because we need six innings as opposed to, wait a second, what if we just used our lights out relievers? <laughs> you know, I don't know. So. Mike Redman hit third for an extended period of time because Joe had a day off, and it was just simpler to write in Red Dog third. Okay, football. Like, what more do I need to say about baseball? Uh, so that and there is, were people that accepted that. We got to get to write that down predictions Hold on, here. I'm, I'm not done yet, though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go, okay. Go quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Judge this run scoring thing is driving me crazy, okay? I brought it up on Tuesday. The Twins have scored 47 runs in innings one through three. They yep. have 86 total. In the last, gentlemen, in the last three uh, games, the Minnesota Twins have no runs after the third inning. Yeah, that's... that's what the hell is going on here? And these bullpens are not all that great. No, although the, the, the Brewers brought in a couple guys. I mean, we all know Josh Hader, but... Yeah, uh, by the end. The Brewers, who is this one guy? Um, God dang it. Williams. Devin Williams. Yeah, big change. They bring Devin Williams in, and this guy has 12 strikeouts in six innings so far this season. It's like every team just has three dudes with sure. impossible stuff to hit. But you're the Bomba squad. Kind of. You're supposed to be the Bomba squad. I you mean, still Josh hit home Donaldson's runs. out, and Mitch Garver is no longer Rosario's red hot. Your guy Buxton Dude, Mitch, hitting up a storm. Oh, Mitch Garver, Mitch Garver, and so uh, is Miguel. Body language. Watch Mitch Garver yeah. next time he comes up. If you didn't last night, Mitch Garver, the first two trips to the plate last yeah. night, when he came to the plate last year, like he had a look on his face that said, "I see the ball moving at me at forty miles an hour, and I'm going to hit it five hundred feet." Yes. Yep. And now it's like his. He looks kind of glazed over, as you would if you started like the Declan season. right now, post concussion. Yeah, exactly. He's glazed over. <laughs> yeah. If if Garver had. Options, and this is going to sound crazy, but I firmly believe it. He's gone. He's going so bad. I think he's the type of guy that you probably send to AAA for like two weeks and say, yeah, and you "Get yourself really. right." There's no place to go. Yeah. Right? So you just have Where's to get he going right. to go? CHS Field. Well, luckily they play more games against. I think the Royals and the. Do they play the Pirates? No, they're done with the Pirates. They play the Royals. They, and the Royals did just sweep them, but the Royals are not a good baseball team. So you should be able to, if, if there's a AAA equivalent, it should be these bottom-feeding <laughs> teams. Yeah, have. I was going to say, except and K- the Tigers just swept them. I know the Tigers were 9-5. and five. They lost last night, but the, the Tigers are 9-6 and six now. But the Tigers aren't good either, so you should be able to get right against some of these teams. So anything else on your list? Yeah. Sano is now, and, and I just want the daily count here, okay? 48 official at-bats, 25 strikeouts. 
Pretty impressive. Uh, he is at batting eighth. Two strikeouts last night, one twenty-five for the season. But the average, I don't even care about. It's the strike. It's the strikeout propensity that is just damn impressive. At this Remember point. when people were all nervous a couple of years ago when we started talking about you should maybe think about trading this guy. He's not going to be oh, the player you think. Oh, what if nervous. He turn, what if he turns back, into David Ortiz? He the, ain't David Ortiz. The pushback that we got. Yeah, he ain't David. You Ortiz. guys happy now? This dude will never hit three hundred in the major league. Anyway, that's breaking baseball. Anyway, right, I'm done. Like it's football. Thank you. And uh, we also still have to get to the Gopher football season officially being shut down and uh, wrapping with Roycey today. But let's get to it. Write that down predictions and an accountability session after we thank Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. Federated has been standing behind business owners for over 100 years, and you can count on the frontline protection at Federated to lead you and guide you through one of the most difficult years in our lifetimes, if not in the history of the country to be a business owner. Find full lists of industries that Federated protects and trusted resources at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. R.I.P. Rami. Write it down. You like writing things down. He didn't die, but he's not, he's not, <laughs> not part of the dead. show. No. Fact, I, talked, I, talked, I was texting with him a couple days ago. Good. He's doing I'm okay. glad. He's doing okay. He tweets a lot still. Good yep. to see him tweeting. Yep, good to good to hear from Rami on the interweb. So right. this is the only sports talk show in America that keeps track of its predictions with batting averages and home runs. Here's how it works every single week on Write That Down. Three predictions from everybody. We welcome in at least one, and today we have two guest listener predictors on the show. And if you'd like to be one of those guest listener participants on Write That Down. Just send me a direct message on Twitter. My DMs are open even if I don't follow you, at Phil Mackey on Twitter. And we are, uh, we're, we're, we're double booking because we're full all the way through October, and so we're double booking some of the other weeks. And Dex, I accidentally triple booked, I think, next week. So, all right. So we'll figure that out. Yeah, be fun. I don't know if our phone lines can handle that, but we'll, we'll figure that out. We got it. So first things first, let's get Write to down. the accountability session here where Judd Zolgad <laughs> had four things come off the board. You said the Wild and Canucks series will go five games. Almost. Yeah, nice work by the Wild. Almost. Thanks for not taking <laughs> Overtime five games. in game four. Every chance to. Two goalie. You said the Wild would win its first round series. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But you did say Josh Donaldson would not start during the Twins' eight-game road trip. Yeah. And he ain't going to play. Yeah, he might be out for a while. They just traded for an infielder. We'll see how long this takes. It, there's no way they rush him back, Mm-mm. even losing five of six. Like, there's still several games over 500. You also said Dalvin Cook will be at the first day of training camp. He, yeah. he was. Okay, was I'll take it. That a boy. Good for you. Thanks, Jonathan Dex. Harrison, last year's batting champion. Nothing come off the board for him. Manny Hill had three things come off the board. He said Ben Simmons will hit at least two more three-pointers this regular season because he, he hit the one, his first career three-pointer, <laughs> like at the beginning of the year. He hit one more. Yeah, and it got hurt. And now he's out. Yep. Possibly for the season. Oh, no, Manny. Oh, COVID. Manny said the Gophers will win the Big Ten West in 2020. Oh. Oh. And I think if they they play a spring season, 
this can't count because he said in 2020. Pesky. The wording. Pesky COVID. Phrasing, man. Who would have thought to not phrase that in 2020, though, when he made that prediction? Oh, yeah. I don't blame ago. him. I'm just saying. He also said the Wild will make the playoffs and will win at least one game in their first round series. A weird way to do it, but they definitely did those things. Rami had nothing come off the board. Oh, boy. I had a rough week. I did tell you guys that Byron Buxton will collect at least three extra base hits between last week's Write That Down and this week. That paid off very quickly for you, right? Yeah, he doubled right away and then he hit home runs in two or three straight games. Yep. But I said the PGA Championship would feature a top five finish by Tiger Woods. I think both of the people on, on the show with you told you not to do that one, but Correct. you did it. You powered through. His irons were great. That's good. Yeah. His irons, his iron play was fantastic. Couldn't make a putt. The nerves aren't quite what they were 20 years ago for Tiger's putting. But the irons are still shaky. good. That's good at his age. Yep. I said the Wild would beat Vancouver in the play-in series and then get swept of, out of the first round of the actual playoffs. So didn't even get that far. I said the Wild would win a playoff series in 2020. And in a forced home run, I said the Wild would make it to the Western Conference Finals this season. And just because I don't know why, I said Ben (laughs) Simmons will hit at least 20 more three-pointers this season. Just a one-up Manny's prediction didn't happen. All right, the listeners, Ross Brendel. This is is part of Ross's tepid takes segment that he's Mm going to feature on his Minnesota Sports Chat podcast. He said Matthew Wolf will finish in the top 16 this week at the PGA Championship. Going out on a limb there, Ross Brendel. He did finish top four. Matthew Wolf put together a great final round. Sam. Easy, easy peasy for Ross Brendel. Sam said the Wisconsin Badgers will keep the axe in 2020. Well, screw you, Sam. Yeah. He used that COVID to his advantage. Ridiculous. Uh, Bob said Luis Amarilla would have the most goals in the MLS tournament. Well, Minnesota United, I don't even know if he scored. He might have gotten one, but somebody can double check that if he had five and I missed it. But I don't think he I don't think he scored any. Matt said Vancouver will beat the Wild and Minnesota will get the number one overall pick in the draft. So close. So close. So close. Was he? Declan. Declan said the Wild would make the Western Conference Finals. And that they wouldn't lose another game in the series to the Canucks. Whoops. But he made up for it by saying Byron Buxton will get his first bamba between these last two write-that-downs. And that Tiger Woods would finish outside the top 20 at the PGA Championship. So drum roll, gentlemen. Here are the new batting averages. Declan Goff yes. still maintaining a Let's lead go. at 472 on the season. Let's go. Judd Zolgad, this is one of the bigger seasons in the history of write-that-down. Judd batting 444 with the power, with three home runs. Juice picks. This is like five-tool Judd Zolgad here. Juice picks, man. That's what in. this is. Just drive me in. I'm at the top of the order. Declan Goff is like Luis Arias with the high batting average, but Judd's coming in here with the full package. Yep. The Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. That, you know? That's what I am. Yep. I'm the Nelson yeah, Cruz of this show. Rami Makloff batting 400 Napping. with a home run. I'm having a good season, too, but sure. fourth in the batting average, 321 with two home runs. Listeners <laughs> up to 262. That's good. And Listeners, very impressive. John Harrison, 225 with two bombs. Manny Hill up to 167. With a home Write run. it down. You like writing this down. down. Is, uh, is it Drew on line one here, Dex? Uh, no, that's Brother Liam. Oh, I'll punch Brother Liam up. Brother Liam, what do you have to say yeah. about, about your brother suffering a concussion he in a slow-pitch softball game he last night? He has no night? idea this happened. Only only someone as unathletic as Declan would manage <laughs> to get a concussion in slow-pitch softball. 
Yeah, what that's, what happened? I, I don't even know what happened. Yeah, now, this is news. To I've me, omitted this shocked. to two of the three siblings. The oldest one knows uh, the medical professional. Uh, I, I was <laughs> I was playing right center field. I play back because mm-hmm. I have the speed of a gazelle and I have good range, so I like to come in on a ball. It's easier to go yeah. in on a ball than go back. And there was a pop up to short center. I'm hustling in. My center fielder tells me, "You got to dive for it." As I'm trucking to it. so I oh, dive. <laughs> was I dive. Was it a close game? What was the yes, score? Yes, we were down one. We needed this out. It who, was the bottom of the six. Who we was the center fielder? Uh, he does not work here. It's one of the many people. I, the I would have looked team. and said, "You got to go bleep yourself." Shut up! I ain't diving. So I dive. I make the grab, but I land right on my head. Do a couple somersaults. <laughs> what? Landed right on my noggin. Your brother just laughing. I then get up, and my sense of direction is comp- like I didn't know if I was facing the plate or if I was facing the fence, and yeah, I was a little foggy. So did, did, sorry, did you catch it? Yes. Oh, awesome. caught the ball. Oh, wow! It's, it's did you, did you throw the ball? How many outs were there? That was the second out. Oh, the, so did the runners tag? No, you're no, just no. There was one there runner at first. On the there was one runner at first. He might have, might have tagged because I had my literally my back turned to the play because I didn't know where the hell I was for five seconds, and and then we got out of the inning the next pitch. Um, so I had to sit out the next two innings. It was not wow. good. Uh, I tried to sleep. La- uh, sleeping with concussion symptoms is a wild trip. I don't recommend it. Uh, and here I am. Still in you know, that down. I can't make too much fun. Judd probably remembers this from like seven years ago. I can't make too much fun because I once got a concussion slipping on the floor of my kitchen because the refrigerator slash freezer with like the water and ice maker had somehow the cord had become disconnected and my kitchen flooded. So I went with like an armful of towels to go like put the towels on the kitchen floor and I slipped and went up in the air like a cartoon character and landed flat on my back. With my head banging on the ground. Yeah. And I tried to come to work the next day and do the show. And our old boss, Brad Lane, and our old producer, Corey Roofs, and Patrick all looked at me like, dude, are you, why are you here? Like, yeah. are, you, are you okay right now? So that's embarrassing for Declan. All right. Well, you know, we did win. We walked off. Good. We, we won the game. Nice job. Uh, yeah. me. I hope it was worth it. It was. Let's punch up Drew here, too. Guest it. listener predictor, Drew. Drew, uh, what's up? Drew, what's the most embarrassing way you've ever injured yourself? Uh, couldn't I have never been injured. Oh, wow. See, that's, that's a that's nice run, Drew. Very un, very un Josh Donaldson-like for, <laughs> for Drew. So here's how like this works. Man. We're going to go around the room. We're going to start with Brother Liam, and then we're going to go to Drew, and then Judd, Declan, Phil. We're going to go around three different times. The predictions must be quantifiable, and uh, it's up to you how, how aggressively you want to swing. The listener batting average is up to 262. So, Brother Liam, you're the leadoff man. Let's do this. Write this down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I predict that Kirill Kaprizov will lead all first players in scoring, however, will not be awarded the Calder Trophy due to the age bias. Wow. All rookies in scoring, but will not win the Calder. Because other guys are like 19 years old and because he's... Only only three players over the age of 23 have won the Calder in the past 22 years. Age bias. Wow. It's like when Ichiro won Rookie of the Year when he was 28. It's a good prediction. Yeah. That's a good Write prediction. This down. Oh, Write it down. Find you a way like to screw the wild, down. brother Liam. Uh, Drew, you're up next. <laughs> All right, I'll stick with the Kaprizov one as well, involving Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov will combine for 50 or more goals in the next full NHL season. Ooh, all right. I like it. Very nice. If that happens, I think that's a nice little boost. Write mm-hmm. this down. Okay. Write that down. Judd again. The first of my hat tricks, my hockey <laughs> hat tricks, write that down. The Wild will trade Devin Dubnik this offseason. Oh, funny. 
Love it. Devin Dubnik will no longer, thank you very much, Devin Dubnik will no longer be between the pipes for the Wild when training camp arrives. He will be traded this offseason. What can, they, what can they get for him? A bag of pucks. Um, they can get. The, can they, they get an actual player for him. Or? Uh, yeah, who knows? They they like should a, they should get him something nice because he's done a very nice job here. And then they should say, uh, "You've been traded to wherever." Okay. Write this down, Declan. All right. Well, I also have a couple goalie predictions here. Uh, neither Alex Stalock or Devin Dubnik will be on the Wild's opening night roster when the 2020-21 season opens. So, good luck with that. <laughs> I like it. Bill Guerin, pretty adamant that he was not happy with the goal. Write it so. down. You like writing you things right. down. Write this down. Brother Liam, you're sec- actually, sorry, no, no, I'm you. skipping myself. Don't skip yourself, <laughs> Mackie. Actually, after the week <laughs> I had last week, Who's I should got probably the concussion skip myself. Here? Yeah, I think it's Phil. It might be me. It's possible it's no. me. All right. The Twins have, what, one more game left against the Brewers here, and then they get an off day. So they're going to they're gonna reset here on this off day on Thursday. And the Twins will get their revenge on the Kansas City Royals in a four-game series. The Twins will win at least three games against the Royals. I'm phrasing it this way in case there's, you know, if there's a rainout or something. I'm telling you the Twins are going to win at least three games against the Royals between Friday and Monday. Okay. They're scheduled to play four, but I'm, I'm going to say that if I say they win three of four and they only play three because of a rainout, then I'm screwing myself. So I'm saying they win at least three games between Friday and Monday. I like okay. it. Against the Royals. Right. Write it down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Brother Liam. Not uh, even though Miko Koivu is just about a guarantee to get out the door, I predict that there will actually be no returning captains to the Minnesota Wild. I think oh. they're going to go clean slate like the San Jose Sharks Ooh. did a few years ago. Who new would be who, who would be the new captains? Who gets the? I think you got to go. You got to look at Spurgeon or, or Felino. Yep. Felino. Yeah. Those are the yeah. two. Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Felino. Coyle. Felino. Back to walls. Step up. I'm going to go with Coonan for an A. Yeah, I'll give Coonan an A. I like it. Write this down. Listener Drew, you're up next. All right, we got Capo Kakinen will start in that for the Minnesota Wild next season opener and win. I like that. A lot of puck talk. This is good. It's like Judd's hockey show. A lot of puck. Write this down. A lot of puck. All right, back to Judd. Jordan Greenway will be traded by the Wild this offseason. Jordan, what's, what's his value? Jordan Greenway. How do other teams perceive his potential? I, I think there's upside there, and, and I, I think the teams see him as a younger player who if they get him, they can find a way to unlock him. And he's a big kid, and he is a he's the type of guy that you watch and say, he should be really good, and then he'll play hard for five games and take three games off. And so I, I think Garrett's frustration has probably grown pretty high there. But I do think a team will give you something back, and he can definitely put be put into a bigger deal, um, possibly to get a center. He might be part of the package. Yep. So Jordan Greenway will be out the door. Write that down. Write this down. Declan Goff. Uh, Josh Donaldson will not start a game for the rest of August. He will not play. He will not start a game the rest of the month. I think you're probably right. Wow, boy, I think that's probably if, right. If that happens, that's that's pretty much exactly what you know. The the sound the alarm. If why would you sign a guy with injury right. history? I don't care. If they get to the postseason and he is on the postseason roster, that's all that matters this season for That me. is correct. He's not going to play 160 games every year, or in this case, you know, even 40 games. Yeah. I just want that dude mashing late in the season. I so. just Write he, this down. I just Write it down. You like down. writing things down. And not be out for the entire playoffs, too. In fact, I'll even put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to pivot from what I was originally going to predict because Josh Donaldson, whenever he comes back, Josh Donaldson will hit a home run within the first 
three games of returning from his calf injury. Josh Donaldson will hit a home run within the first three games of returning from his calf injury. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Bombs. Brother Liam, your final prediction. Yeah, final one. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I was going to ask Declan to leave the room for this prediction, but it's so inevitable that even if he's aware of it, it will still take place. I love it. So so we're having a brother weekend, uh, in first week in September. God will. And the past two brother weekends, Declan has spilled multiple times on my wife's uh wonderful area rug in our living room <laughs> i promise you he will do it at least once again <laughs> okay define spill here like any liquid hitting the floor yeah, how, how like more, than, more than a drop usually usually there's been like you know one or two or more adult beverages but it's always like he's always sitting on the floor and he always manages to talk with his hands the more inebriated he gets and <laughs> yeah. he just like knocks it over the floor and then the last time he did it I ran and got him a towel, and he was just, like, mouth-breathing up at the television, like, half-heartedly <laughs> patting it, not even really doing anything. And then my wife took the towel from him, not upset, but just kind of like, what are you doing? And his first response, uh, or the first words out of his mouth are, you know you love me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this did happen. I'm a, I'm a constant spiller. How'd she, how'd she then, take and this, then, and Brother then he Liam? Did it again. He yeah, did, I did it, it again. again. Yeah. Is she a good sport about this? Um, of course she is. She loves me more oh, than yeah. him. My wife? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's debatable. But, I yeah. mean, we're pretty much the same person. Can right. I can I get so. a ruling on, let's say Declan is holding an unopened can of claw, and it falls out of his hand and hits the floor. Are we counting that as a spill, or does liquid no, have to no, hit the floor? No, it's got to be liquid yeah. hitting the floor. That's and I'll even, I'll even get specific enough that it will happen on that area rug specifically. Okay, wow. Right. Oh, the parlay. And we're going to have to trust the you then to call us back and tell us. Oh, oh! Is Declan going to self-report? You, you will hear about it. I'll self-report. I, you will hear it I don't yes. trust you. He'll probably tweet Brother you guys at two forty-five in the morning Eastern okay. time when I do it. Yep. Fair happen. enough. So, uh, Brother Liam, since you have this gigantic platform right now, is there anyone in your life besides Declan that you would like to thank uh, getting you to this point? Well, that's to assume that I would thank Declan in the first place, but uh, <laughs> you're the one who booked me for the show. So, <laughs> no, my uh, my wife's. Uh, gonna have a baby in october so i'm sure she's super pumped that i'm calling the sports radio stations while she's slaving away seven months pregnant so <laughs> give a shout out to her god bless her. write this down all right I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna leave him on so i don't hang up on yep. drew as well but drew the floor is yours for your last prediction here fire away all right here's my home run swing i got in the next full nfl season daniel hunter will break the single season sack record. wow right. oh that's nice Drew coming in. Hot. That's a great one. Love, Love that one. Boy, that that is not, it's a home run because obviously it's a record, but oh, yeah. it's not like a super unrealistic home run because he's emerging into his pass rushing prime. Which I thought of this one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew swinging for the fences there. Drew, uh, since you have this gigantic platform, is there anyone you would like to thank in your life? Well, I guess I also got to thank my wife, Christine. She humored me, let me run through some of these picks last night at dinner. Oh, Without wow. her, this wouldn't have been possible. <laughs> Did she uh, did she push back on any of your predictions? There was another one that I wanted to take for a home run, but we I decided I'd try to get the listeners' batting average up a little bit. Okay, all right, it's very noble, very noble. Get that average back up uh, closer to three hundred. Thank you, Drew. So appreciate you guys, brother Liam and Drew. Yeah. Those are the guest listener participants, and write that down. Judd Zolgad, your final prediction. Okay, with the first round. Write it down. You like writing things down. Of the National Hockey League playoffs officially starting yesterday. The Colorado Avalanche will win the Stanley Cup. Oh, wow. 
the Colorado right. Avalanche That's will win the Stanley Cup. I honestly think yeah, anyone that you would predict in the NHL playoffs this season to win the Cup is a home run. Right. Like, who, who would be the odds-on favorite right now? Boston or Vegas or, uh, or St. Louis to repeat. Or St. Louis. Yeah. But even if you pick St. Louis three. or Boston. Colorado's a little bit more out there, but they're really talented and really good. I think so. if you peg the cup winner in 2020, you get yeah. a home run. You, it's a home run. It's a home run. That would be sure. my fourth home Like run? before the playoffs. If you get into the playoffs, like like the actual playoffs. I've only got three. Well, I guess the playoffs started last night with a five freaking overtime <laughs> it was, game. Oh, it was so great. Good God. I watched the entire thing. I loved it. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Declan. All right, I'll go for my home run swing here. The Twins will trade a top five prospect this season. That list includes Royce Lewis, wow, Alex Kirloff, wow. Trevor Larnick, Jordan Bozlovic, or Johan Duran. One of those five players will be traded in 2020. Wow. I think at the deadline. that is a home run, that's a home run. if that happens. I, too. I think just, that's a home run because I don't think it's going to happen. It's so hard That's for teams. That's a ballsy pick, though, right there. You know, think about, like, right now, August 12th, 2020. Can't, I can't do it. We don't know anything more about Royce Lewis than we did basically a year and a half ago. Yeah. And they can't play. Yeah. I Scouts am not trading with look those and, guys. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go for, I'm going to double down on my Tyler Duffy love here. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. So Tyler Duffy so far this season, he's uh, pitched in seven games. He has not allowed an earned run yet. So how many innings is he going to wind up throwing? He's probably going to wind up throwing like 25 or 30, probably like 25 innings on the season. Okay. Write this down. Tyler Duffy will allow three earned runs or fewer this regular season. Wow. Three earned runs or fewer this regular season. He has not allowed an earned run yet so far. Yeah. And we are almost, we're almost a third of the way through the season. What, 18 so, games in? I think twins? his dominance is legit. He also has not, he hasn't walked anybody. He hasn't hit a batter yet. He's just ridiculous. Uh-huh. So okay. Tyler Duffy will allow 300 oh, runs or four. Write it down. You like writing things down. And there it is, boys. Those are the write that down predictions for the week. I also want to give a shout out to one of the Judd predictions from the uh, database here. You had the Houston Astros before this is like back in February or March. I think March is when the stories came out about the Astros punishments or lack thereof, you said the Astros would be involved in three bench-clearing brawls this season. They're already up to two. They, they had one. <laughs> oh, wow. They had so one, I could hit it. They had one against the A's early, and then yep. they had another one. The of, Dodgers. The, uh, the Dodgers. It was, and then it was the, Joe yep. Kelly early, and, and then the A's on Sunday when their hitting coach, I think his name is Alex Cintron, said something yeah. to, who's the A's uh, center fielder? Yeah, I don't remember the guy's name. Maria or yeah, something like that. It's a different that. one every year. And, uh, yeah, so... Terrence Long. But the batting coach got 20 games. Was that the guy's name from, like, 20 years ago? Terrence Long. They had a bunch yeah. of... Yeah, they gave him 20 ga- games they gave him 20 games. Yeah, because he's a coach and he's a moron. He's not supposed to be inciting bench-clearing brawls in the age of COVID-19. Yeah. But, it, okay, so I'm I'm You're, one away. It's going to for sure happen. Like, I like it's it. for sure going to happen. Write this down. The thing, our overarching, you know, reason and the overarching um, issues that we had to always keep at the top of our mind was the fact, and I've said it from the first day that I started at the Big Ten, that the health, the safety, the wellness, and both physical and mental for our student-athletes was going to be at the top of my list. Not sure Kevin Warren would have signed up for this job had he known there was a global pandemic about to wipe out all football and revenues in the fall of 2020, but uh, that was former Vikings front office executive Kevin Warren, who's now the Big Ten commissioner, and the news that came out yesterday, uh, right after we got done recording, basically, that the Big Ten 
football season is donezo. The Pac-12 football season is donezo. And the other three conferences are just sort of trying to figure out, like, how much they care about COVID. The SEC is not going away. They will play football. And that's what's going to be interesting. If the SEC plays football and the ACC plays football and the other three conferences push to the spring, then is there a national championship I don't think so, so, no. I think they will play because they just want to play football. Consequences be damned, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. I okay, real quick before we get into a couple questions off the Gophers, do you guys think any of the Power Five conferences, the three remaining, do you think any of them will play a fall season? I, I think the Big Twelve is going to try like hell. Man. I think so. I think they're going to try. I really do. With all those Texas schools, they're going to they're going to bust. You know what to try to make it happen. I, I would bet no, but it wouldn't shock me if you're right. The SEC is playing. They um they they're as close to professional. In, in fact, I I would argue that they are basically professional football and um again consequences be damned which is a player dies too bad sec football but, rolls on so i i think they'll play um and i think that something bad is probably unfortunately going to take place but they they would be the conference i would say i think declan's probably right i think a couple mm-hmm. conferences probably will play but i think the sec is going to play for sure see the problem with a spring season and this is what like the oh, big- we could talk about this yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. The, the Big Ten is saying, going. well, listen, we're gonna, we'll just play a spring season. Well, weather is one thing. You're going to get you – know, you think about the, the current fall college football season. Really, it's like it's the end of summer into the early part of fall, and then by the time the real bad weather comes around, the games are over or and, played indoors. And you have like one game left, right? Yep, one, maybe two. There's only ever snow. been like five real cold weather games at TCF Bank Stadium ever in the 11 years of its existence. But you're also so uh, in, in addition to weather playing a factor if you start the season in February or March, the biggest thing is you're now looking to schedule if assuming you have a fall 2021 season as well, you're scheduling like 25 games in a nine or 10 month stretch for each of these teams. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't include if there's a playoff that goes another two games for some of the top teams. NFL players only play well pre, if you count preseason, NFL players. In a full calendar year that goes, let's say you play four playoff games. The max amount of games you can play is 24, including four preseason, 16 regular, and four postseason. You're playing 24 games. And by the way, you're not playing in all 24 of those games. You're probably sitting one for sure preseason game out. But a team that wins the Super Bowl could wind up playing 24 games. You would be scheduling more games than that in a nine-month period if you had a spring and a fall season in 2021. Yep. So just like wear and tear on bodies. Here's my I don't know. Here, here's my first question about the assumption that the fall sports in the Big Ten, I guess, since that affects us the most, that they're just going to be plopped into spring and it's all going to be hunky-dory and it's going to be fine. I have two questions off this. One is, why should I believe the people that clearly did not have a plan? The Big Ten, too, okay? So, so... You can say what they did is brilliant and smart and moral and the right thing, or you can say they're a bunch of wussies that should have played. That's not my point. My point is you had these people. COVID started in earnest, really bad in March, okay? We shut down. The country basically shut down. And instead of these folks sitting down in March or or April and saying, we need to have a plan here. Like, it's going to change. We get that. But we need to at least look like we are um, competent here. 
They, as recently as July, said, non-conference games out. So we're all like, okay, you're going to play conference games. As recently, gentlemen, as last Wednesday, they said, the Big Ten said, here is your conference-only 10-game schedule. On Friday, they allowed these schools to start practicing. On Saturday, the MAC yanked the plug on their year for football. And the Big Ten was like, oh, my God. The president started to talk on Saturday, Sunday, and by Tuesday, they canceled. So why am I supposed to believe that they are now going to regroup and come back with a a complicated and difficult, as you just alluded to, Phil, because you're right, springtime plan? Why am I going to trust the people that looked at this in March? And by the way, too, the other thing that frustrates me, and we can argue all we want about what this country has done during COVID and have we done the right things, the wrong things, we can have that debate. But nonetheless, if you are an administrator or an AD at a Big Ten school, which is potentially a billion-dollar football business, okay, isn't it your job in March or April to start planning and say, let's assume it's not gone? Because, yes. be, because again, because yeah. again, the springtime thing feels to me like, well, Billy Bob, it's got to be gone by spring, right? No, it doesn't. It's proving it doesn't. Yes. So, I'll, I'll so totally how agree. are you going to do? How are you? Why am I going to have faith that you're going to do this right this time, when you clearly had months, months to prepare, mm-hmm. and literally by Tuesday we're like, oh my god, let's just cancel. So, uh, uh, this I'm glad you brought this up because there's a lot of smart people, media that have just gone full on down the. Well, it's, this is just the smart, prudent thing to do with college football. You have to cancel the season, et cetera. While there's multiple examples of leagues around the country, NBA, NHL, women's soccer, men's soccer, baseball. Now, baseball's had two two major blips. But baseball, for the most part, three weeks into this thing, take away the Cardinals and take away the Marlins and take away Mike Clevenger and, and Plesak uh, with the, the Indians. Baseball has it under control right now, too. It can be done. Now, I know there's different logistics and there's different legalities as it applies to college football. But if you're in the camp that says, hey, this is atrocious, this is, this is university presidents that are bowing down to uh, the, the, the fake news and the outrage, I can actually sort of listen to you on that. But the next avenue to go down is, okay, well, why didn't the Power Five conferences and the presidents and the commissioners and the athletic directors have a plan to safely implement a season? So all of this goes back to two things, and you brought up, you know, our country has not done a good enough job of putting out the fire, so it just makes it logistically really hard to go forward with team sports. But we have examples of team sports doing this in bubbles and doing it the right way, and and even a couple that are doing it outside of bubbles. Why didn't Power Five conferences, presidents, commissioners, athletic directors have some sort of plan? Or did they, and they just decided, Ah, it's just too expensive. It's just too expensive. We're going to lose too much money. The I don't think the Big Ten would have allowed their players to start practicing, which they did last Friday, if they had a coherent plan in place that Probably might cancel it by yeah. Tuesday. That's the thing. So uh, here's the other question, too, off of the Gopher side of this. Do we witness in 2019 the peak of Gopher football? Did did a pandemic wipe out what was supposed to be a crescendo with one of the top wide receivers and quarterbacks in the country and and Bateman's gone for sure. Like Bateman's going to the draft bef- before yeah, this happened. He got out. Tanner Morgan, if Tanner Morgan's already getting draft steam, let's say he's getting second or third round steam. I don't know if he's going to get first round steam, but if he's getting second or third round steam, yeah. what's the benefit in playing a spring season There's when you're not. leading up to the draft? There's not. You know, so how, 
I guess the question is, how quickly can P.J. Fleck reload? How long is he going to stick around? The Gophers were 38th in recruiting for 2020 and 27th currently for 2021, and they have four four-star guys coming in for 2021, which I believe is the most ever for for the Gophers. So they have young players coming in, which is good. Yep. But do we do, did we miss out on potentially like the greatest season in Gopher football history because of a pandemic? We missed out on a lot of fun, and, and the Bateman-Morgan— I believe the amount of returning offensive starters, if Bateman came back, was 9 of 11. Now, defense was like 3 or 4. Uh, so I think what we missed out on is a team that for sure would have contended for the Big Ten West title. Uh, we missed out on what w- would have been probably, from Bateman's standpoint, the best skill position player that we've seen in our lifetime in Gopher football. All of that being said, the answer to your question to me is no. Here's why. And Royce brought this up on Unchained. It's probably a really good point. The one thing that this is probably going to do is it's going to sap schools of cash, right? Like, you're not playing football. That's a huge deal. Consequently, there becomes probably a better chance that P.J. Flex stays here for a longer period of time because some schools that probably would have pursued him with multi-million dollar deals now can't possibly. Um, So I'm going to say the answer to your question is no because I think Fleck is on the right track. The recruiting classes are good. He's not going to lose those kids. So I think he's still got this program on the exact right track. I think the years ahead are going to be successful once play does return. But I don't want to diminish the fact that you are right. We lost what would have been a really, really yeah. fun year in, in, in which in which this program from day one w- would have started with expectations that I think they would have delivered on yeah, or come I, close. I agree with you. I it, it really it does suck to lose that 2020 season. It's just sort of the what if of what if you had Bateman and what if you had Morgan. Um, but I, I think 2019 was built on something bigger than just like a random pop-up. I think yeah. the recruiting is showing it. I think the just the way that they outperformed expectations. Um, if Flex stays around, I don't think they're just going to go back to being like a 500 team. But I think, I think that's they're right. Be, well, let's get Pat on right now. I think he was right let's, about this. Let's one. wrap with Racy here, um, Pat. What, we have a million things we could talk to you about here, but we're talking Gopher football and, and the cancellation of the Big Ten season. Um, what What do you think this mean? Like, do you think they play spring football, the Big Ten, and what do you think ultimately the cancellation of of the fall season means going forward for these athletic departments? Well, uh, <laughs> let's find out if the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve actually play. What is that going to do? What's the, you know, how many guys are going to try to bail? I, I don't know. I don't think the NCAA has got to pretty much rule that, uh, you know, you can't have willy-nilly transfers, right? And so they can play football. Uh, I, I guess that guys could, uh, you know, the schools haven't started yet, so they if those leagues announce they're going to play. I, I think long-term, when you're in a recruiting battle with a, good kid from Georgia, you're going to probably have a lot less of a chance to get him if you don't play football this year, and they do. But then again, if 10 people end up in intensive care, (laughs) football players, I don't know. I think we're in the great beyond here, but uh, it, uh, it can help. That's for sure. It can help. And don't you think spring football will be decided on how many players bail out? Probably be the, you know, you won't be a guy like Fleck, who's a super salesman and seems to have loyalty from his players. He's going to have more guys hang around than Kirk Ferentz, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And like Trevor Lawrence says, there's no upside at all for him to play another snap of football if no, no, if that I mean, conference no, decides to cancel its no, fall season. No, if you're, you know, like I was talking to uh, Judd yesterday about the, I can never pronounce his name, the big tackle, the right tackle for the Gophers. There's no way he can play next spring, is there? I mean, he wants to get drafted and, uh, you know, leave early, get drafted, and uh, there's no advantage for him to uh, play next season. Uh, You know, these guys can all go have their workouts and get invited to some combine next June. Yep. And uh, and they'll decide there whether they're going to pick them or not. I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a competition of, uh, you know, of teams – you know, this could hurt like Ohio State. Ohio State could have like 15 guys that don't play, right? Because they want to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it could really even out the league. And if, uh, you know, if, if Minnesota manages to keep all but four or five players and Ohio State loses 15 or something like that, who knows? But also, what is it going to be an eight game season with no playoff? What, what is it going to be? We, we have no idea. We I, have no clue right now. Play. I haven't seen. I can't see him playing ten games next spring. Can you? Uh, I mean, how do you do that? Uh, what? When, yeah. when? Do we have any idea what their timeline is? No. April, May. Are you? They, April, May, Pat. They June. don't know. They've got no clue. They it, don't. It would have to be early, as early as possible, though. It would yeah, have to but be can like you February. play in February at outdoor stadiums in yeah, Iowa yeah. City and yeah. Minneapolis? Well, they, you know, the Gophers. I ain't going. Viking Stadium from them, but what are other, what are everybody else going to do playing in the north? Right, you know. I mean, I mean could they play? Yeah. Could they? Could the Big Ten, for instance, take their indoor? So they've got indoor in Minneapolis, indoor if they want in Indianapolis, and they have an indoor in Michigan and Detroit. Right? Could they do three yeah, three yeah, bubbles yeah, or guess, something? Yeah, I guess I guess Michigan, Michigan State could both play there. I don't know, but isn't the whole idea of this moving it to spring? Uh, I mean, there's. The odds of having a, a, a vaccine that has been distributed to 300 million people is not not very strong at this moment. No, nope. uh, but don't you don't you think this is all about the hope that uh, somehow this is under control and they can sell 50,000 tickets? Uh, you know, I mean, don't you think this is they're trying to wait until they can get fans in the stands? I, I, yeah, probably, but but what on earth gives them the hope that that is going to be the, the case when clearly back in March they hoped for the exact same thing and they couldn't have been more wrong about that, you know? Yeah, but, you know, nobody knows. Who, who knows what the heck it is, uh, you know? I mean, but the, the, I was telling the bride last night that the one thing that's a little disturbing about this is we aren't seeing this. The optimistic vaccine stories we were seeing two weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe they've all gone undercover here. But uh, I, is it gotten to the point now that there's no other solution? That uh, unless, you know, unless this becomes smallpox and we figure out how to get rid of it, are we ever going to, uh, you know, are, are we going to just have to play and hope people don't get too sick? I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, though. The whole uh, sports world has changed, that's for sure. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know, but I think that, you know, I think there's one thing that does guarantee is you don't have to worry about Fleck leaving. Nobody's be nobody's going to be spending $5 million to hire away a football coach. Yeah, not it's yeah. That's it's it's almost impossible for the next two years to like leverage your already pretty good salary to Nick Saban money at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know, but what, uh, you know, he's the, uh, 
<laughs> the amazing thing about the South is, you know what, all those uh, all those schools are uh, like Vanderbilt and some of those places. There's no way they're going to play, right? I mean, they got a they got academics to work out there. <laughs> they're not going to play. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. So what if you know what if the SEC says we'll take Ohio State for a year? Then what happens? I don't, I don't know. know. The, the Nebraska. God, that would be game. amazing. Nebraska is going to go down there. Scott Frost is a lunatic, by the way. <laughs> I found that out. You know, our lunatic is a lunatic because he wants to be right. Fleck, that's his bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's more of an he, act. It's, yes. Yeah, he's he's turning the volume I, up on his personality. I yeah. think Frost is a genuine lunatic. <laughs> I think. I mean, there's there's two kinds, and I I think he's a genuine lunatic. What he was the thing that he Frost. said last year about like wearing hooded sweatshirts or something? He had some weird I don't know bone to pick about like players wearing. Oh, oh, yeah, know. yeah. He gets uh, you know some guys can win in Central Florida and they can't they can't take that next step up and he's been off cup Here it is. Scott Frost criticizes players for wearing hoodies during warm-ups. <laughs> What's the justification for that? That's our guy. Is Soft? Not gonna do that. Our guy is not going to say, hey, don't look hip. Yeah, he <laughs> said the second-year coach said that wearing a hooded sweatshirt during pregame warm-up sends a message that just okay is good enough. <laughs> oh, screw him. Well, well, Nothing wrong with a hoodie. I got news for you. Right now, just okay is the best Nebraska you can hope for with uh, this guy. So, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, we're, we will never be the same in my lifetime when it comes to sports. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, my lifetime, too, Roycey. By the way, our fighting twinks, I just uh, wrote a blog on this, where we're very upset about uh, Trevor May and Taylor Rogers, who were both pretty much great. But uh, how about adding on a run once in a while? They yeah. have been god awful. You mean the, the the Twins have permission to score after the fourth inning? No, no, they don't. <laughs> My notes here say they don't. God. Unbelievable. After the third, they're over. And Max Kepler made a big mistake there with two guys on. He trusted Jerry. <laughs> don't trust. Just like, just like Flounder in Animal House. Don't trust Jerry. You. You bleeped up. You trusted me. That's what he should have said to Jerry. You know, Jerry Meals should have said to him. Jerry Meals very underrated as a one of the worst ball and strikes guys. I think Angel Hernandez gets too many people just concede the title yeah. to Angel Hernandez, hey, right? Patrick. This hey. guy's right in the same classification because he has no idea what he's gonna call it when it gets there. If it's marginal, he doesn't know. He has no standard for whether it's a ball or a strike. He just says, "Well, hey Patrick, what I call the last is one? that the wor- is that the worst home plate umpired game, or, or at least in your top three that Jerry had last night? Because that was that was for both teams across the board the entire game one of the worst performances behind the plate I've oh, seen. But he, they've had him now about four times, haven't they? The crew, they yeah, Jordan they Baker's behind the plate tonight. They had two straight series. They had him two straight series, and he was brutal in both of those. He's brutal. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's seeing. You know, get your eyes checked. I don't. You know, we did a just for fun. We did a Google search thing. What pops up when you Google Jerry Meals? What What are the things that pop up? Yes. And some of the headlines are: Did Jerry Meals make the worst call in history? 
Jerry Meals, MLB's worst umpire in history. MLB acknowledges Jerry Meals' missed call. The time Jerry Meals butchered a game, game-ending play. If you get a chance sometime today. Most umpires, when you look it up on the uh, internet, I won't say, you know, Pete Schwartz, fantastic. They don't say That's that. That's true. You know, they, but if you get a chance, umpire. go look up, just Google Jerry Meals and click on the video of him. It's 2011. It was actually like July 2011. There was a 19-inning game between the Braves and the Pirates, and nobody had scored a run since the third inning. So oh, in, that's in, right. I remember that game. And he just wanted to end it. Right? Lugo comes sliding in. It was a ground ball to third base, runner on third for the Braves. Lugo was on third base for the Braves. And third baseman for the Pirates, easy ground ball, throws it home, and he's out by six or seven feet. <laughs> Jerry calls him to get Like Jerry slides ball. into the catcher's tag and then pops up. He pops up and gives he's up. out, and stands on home plate. Gives and up. Jerry Meals like watches it play out and signals safe to end the game. <laughs> hey, don't forget the uh, highlight of last night's game, though. Miguel had a signal. Wow! Congratulations, first, Miguel. First of, the, first of the season. Opposite way, first Pat. Single, first single. Yep. Going on. He's he's, he's finally learning. But Mitch is uh, Mitch is fifty percent now on strikeouts, but uh, Miguel's five twenty one. So it's quite a battle. But Mitch doesn't play quite as much, so we're going to have to decide that on percentage and not on uh, not on uh, total. Wait, you, did I miss? You said that was Miguel Sano's first single of the season. Single. Yes. <laughs> Two doubles and three home runs. But he's he's played there. 14 games, and he has one <laughs> yeah. single? <laughs> Carlos Pena. <laughs> what a beauty. What a, but we now got Itomaro, uh what, Vargas, right? Yeah, Vargas. Yeah. Rocco. Rocco tells us it has nothing to do with Donaldson, and I'm saying, okay, we just have an uncontrollable urge to have slap-hitting Venezuelan Middle infielders with unpronounceable first names. That's what we do. We need E hair wasn't enough. We need another one. We need the same guy twice, right? And uh, he should be in a twins uniform today, I would think, against the yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah. No, no, he might have to quarantine. Oh, that's right. He probably does have to quarantine. But okay. by the way, Rocco's big blunder. He mentioned that Ed, Eddie Ed Ars. They checked with Eduardo Escobar, and he gave him a big recommendation as a hell of a guy. Never mention Eddie Escobar when you don't have a third baseman. Yeah. Don't mention that. Yeah. 118 RBIs last year. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yep. All right. All right, Pat. We'll talk to you and on Friday. Enjoy Milwaukee, Royce. We'll see you. Yeah, he's uh, making the trip. Making the trip. Wow. One single? One. 50 at-bats, one single. Well, the, the strikeout total is still... There was one That's year, hilarious. I think, the, I think when the Rays made the World Series, Carlos Pena had more home runs than singles that year. He had like 35 home runs and 28 singles. God, that's funny. Barry Bonds might have had a season he like probably, that. He probably did. In but fact, you know what Barry he didn't Bonds do? 70 home Strike runs. out constantly and have basically no hits, which is what Miguel is managing to do. I just want to see if Barry he's Bonds got, ever had more home runs than He's singles. got three home runs. Two came in one game. Because we all thought, oh, it's fixed. Right. Oh, man, two home runs Saturday night. Miguel Sano's fixed himself. It'll be great from, and no. A lot of, a lot of people owe Judd Zolgat and Phil Mackey apologies for ripping us for our Sano takes a couple of years <laughs> Here's ago. the weird thing, though. Those people on Twitter have disappeared now from talking about or tweeting about Miguel. Like, they're not, there's just nothing now. It's like, well, don't you have, you're, if you loved him so much, don't you have opinions now?
No, that's not how it works. So yep. you just go away. Yeah, if you're until wrong, he hits you a home run, away. and then you come back and are like, "All you people who gave up on Miguel Sano." <laughs> Is that how it works? Yes. I guess. Uh, point, okay, then. Point, pointless trivia here. I did track this down. So Barry Bonds, when he hit 73 home runs in 2001, mm-hmm. he had 156 hits. 73 of them were home runs. So Good almost Lord. half of his hits were home runs. <laughs> so he had 73 home runs, 32 doubles, two triples. So that gets us to 105 plus 2, 107. Okay. So what's 156 minus 107? That's 49. So he had 49 For, singles, yep. and he had a hundred. He had 49 singles and 73 home runs. Hey, do you still have his page piled up there? I do. His how numbers m- are hilarious. How, how many times <laughs> has he intentionally walked that year? He was intentionally walked. It's got to be in the actually dozens. only 35 times that year. Only 35. But here's some amazing Barry Bonds stats. I don't know why I we're doing this. But, I love these. Okay, in 2004. Barry Bonds was intentionally walked. You guys care to guess how many times? Intentionally walked. In the in one season? 2004. 86. Higher. 122. <laughs> it's 120. Oh my god. Eddie Rosario in his career, in his career has 120 walks. And in he was six in, years. And he was intentionally walked. Barry Bonds was intentionally walked 120 times in 2004. Who walked him with the bases Arizona. loaded in a close game? I, I Arizona. Think, I think, And I think that's happened like 10 times. Like he's done it. No one else has done it more than he has. And you know what's great about that? It's great. We thought at the time, I don't blame the guy. He's a masher. He's scary. If, if you are the opposing team... It makes perfect sense because they're they're scared. They privately said we're scared because he's cheating up a storm yeah. and we don't want to pitch to him. Yeah, it's because there's no way that all of those teams at that point didn't know exactly what was going yeah. on. There was one year, just like up until like 2016 or 17, that Barry Bonds walked more in one season. I think his O2 year than Adam Jones did in his first ten. Wow! Like it's just it's absurd. So he drew that's a Jason yeah, Stark two, 2004. Yeah. He drew 232 walks in 2004. <laughs> Here's another fun one. So Nelson Cruz, last season, okay, Nelson Cruz, 41 homers, 108 RBIs, batted 311. Nelson Cruz had a 1,031 OPS last year. Now for, so OPS is on base plus slugging. Mm -hmm. And anything over like 800 or 850, and you're pretty damn good. If you have an 800 OPS, if if you're getting on base at, let's say, a 350 clip and your slugging is 450 or something, you're a damn good player. So 800 is a good benchmark. Nelson Cruz had a 1,031 OPS last year, which is absurd. <laughs> Barry Bonds, after the age of 35, after the age of 35, played eight seasons and had an OPS of 1,241. He batted 322 with a 517 on base percentage and slugged 724 with 317 home runs after the age of 35. And the biggest head <laughs> in baseball history. Hilarious. He's, I mean, he's he's good without the roids. The too. biggest cranium in baseball history because of the roids. It's a lot smaller now. Those hats would be baggy yep. now. So, anyways, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. And you can find us in our Vikings conversations over on the Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. 
Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.